You're listening to the 515 Podcast, led by Pastor John Wayne McMahon with Kingwood United Methodist Church in Kingwood, Texas. Thanks for downloading. Hi there, friends. Welcome to episode 72 of the 515 Podcast. Uh, Jason Priestmeyer here, joined with Reverend Chris Harrison. Chris, how are you doing this week? Good, Jason. How are you doing, man? I'm doing very well, thank you. Um, we have the treat of having you join us in the Vine this Sunday. Uh, I know John Lane was on uh, vacation or kind of just had a week off, which was uh, very due uh, to him. I mean, he, he deserved it. He deserved it. So um, uh, he told me he got to go to uh, worship at another church and kind of just be a parishioner, you know, not a preacher that day. So Doesn't happen very often. No, I'm sure not. So I'm glad that he got to do that and uh, hope you get to do that soon yourself if there's time in this year or if you're... <laughs> Too busy. I get um, breaks in other ways. Oh, that's going that's, to prison, you know, things like that. <laughs> that is a great way to look at that. I love it. <laughs> going to Haiti in a few weeks. Yep. You know. Yep. Um, you know, I I, diff, I keep telling John Wayne and the listeners, I believe, I, I want to have like a cool missions recap story where we go over all these different trips to Haiti and Costa Rica and Kairos and all that stuff like that. And hey, put me down for that one. I'll put you on I'd that love one. to speak That'll, into that. Let's make that happen. <laughs> so um, why don't you, if you would, give us kind of an update on where we are in the story. We're in the sermon series talking about Joseph. Yes, His we are. crazy family and our crazy families. And maybe you can kind of get us caught up to this point in time where we are and let's actually go over in a last Sunday sermon. Yeah, so um, we've been following this story of uh, Jacob, Israel, and his sons. And of course, the story kind of centers around Joseph, uh, the one that if you haven't heard of anybody else, he's the guy with the coat of many colors. Right. (laughs) Um, And uh, we've we've followed uh, the family from the moment that the brothers um, threw the threw Joseph into a well and sold him into slavery because of dreams he was having. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we followed Joseph's story. He goes into Egypt. Uh, he goes into uh, Potiphar's home. Uh, he's successful there. He's given a lot of authority in the household. Falsely accused of um, messing with Potiphar's wife. Mm-hmm. Gets thrown in prison. Uh, and in prison, he's prospering again. Uh, the prison guard puts him, or the like warden person, head jailer, puts him in charge, basically, of the whole prison. Yeah. Um, and so then years later, he ends up, uh, Pharaoh's having a dream that nobody can interpret. Um, Joseph's being given this gift from God using him to interpret dreams. And so he's brought before Pharaoh, and he properly interprets Pharaoh's dream. Mm-hmm. And so Pharaoh elevates him to another place of prosperity. So we've watched this guy go into slavery and prison, yeah. and now he's like the one of the most powerful people next only to Pharaoh in the most powerful empire of the time. Mm. All the while, on the other side of the family, the brothers that sent him into slavery uh, and his father, uh, his father who thinks he's dead, um, are uh, going through their own trials. And now that a famine has come over all the region, uh, they're finding that they, uh, they're having trouble surviving. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Egypt, uh, part of the dream was that Joseph properly interpreted that there would be seven years of plenty, and so they stored up grain mm-hmm. so that when the great famine hit that we're now in the middle of, that they would have the ability to survive that time. Um, Jacob and his sons are not in a region in Canaan. There's nothing growing. It's a total famine, so they're going out of Egypt mm-hmm. uh, to survive. 
And while there, they end up encountering Joseph. They don't recognize him. Yeah. Joseph looked pretty Egyptian at that point, I'm sure. Um, but Joseph uh, basically confronts them. He knows who they are. They don't know who he is. Yeah. Um, and so uh, he, he kind of pulls them aside and says, you know, who are you people? You're spies in our land. And he actually throws them in jail mm-hmm. for three days. Um, and then he's asking all the while, though, he's kind of turning his head and he's weeping because these are his brothers. Um, and he's asking him, how's dad doing and how's my youngest brother doing? Yeah. Uh, and so they, he ends up sending them back, keeping one of the brothers, Simeon, in jail to kind of ensure that they would eventually have to come back mm-hmm. again um, because he desperately wants to know uh, how his family's doing. Um, and so that's kind of where we are in the story at that place where the brothers have been to Egypt, uh, have gone home now, but the grains run out. It's a consumable product, mm-hmm. right? So they're out of grain again. And the only answer lays back in Egypt where they're terrified to yeah. return to. Yeah. Like we talked, you know, on, on last week, how the last place these guys want to go is Egypt. Because Absolutely. They knew in their hearts. Uh, wait, isn't that where we sold our brother to if to slavery? And there's probably no chance we're going to run into this guy, right? <laughs> but it's a they, big country. There's a, big a lot country. of people there. Yeah. Um, but they don't want to go there. And then in this week, we find out that they have to go back. And that's just got to be just the worst. They're like, oh, we dodged a bullet. We didn't run into Joseph. But now they're going back. And back again with their hands out to say, hey, we need, you know, we need more help, you know. Um, and part of the crazy part of the story is um, while while we see Joseph recognizing God as being a part of his story, mm-hmm. um, because Joseph has, the scripture's been telling us that the Lord's been with Joseph the whole time, to the extent that, I mean, he even names his son, uh, his two sons, uh, Manasseh and Ephraim. We'll go into that a little bit more in yeah, a minute. Um, but Joseph has recognized that even in his suffering and going to slavery and prison, that God has been with him mm-hmm. and helped him to be successful. The brothers, on the other hand, are dealing with 13 years now of this of this sin that they've never confessed, they've yeah. never told their father. They're just festering inside with guilt and shame. Mm-hmm. And so when stuff starts happening to them, uh, in fact, when they run into Joseph in Egypt, they're like, God's punishing us for what we did. Yeah. So their only concept, while Joseph has a concept of, of a God that's been supporting him throughout his suffering, their only concept is we're getting what we deserve. This God's taking it out on us for what we did 13 years ago. Yeah. How, so you know, they're definitely looking at um, their lives and how you know how based on how God is plays a, a role in their lives mm-hmm. uh, based on their past experiences. You mm-hmm. know, how do we kind of take a step back and look at our circumstances or um, any kind of troubles that we're we're going through and look at that through the right lens to see where God is and, and maybe not feel like, oh, he's just punishing me, you know. How do we look for the the good, the, the blessings in that? I, I mean, I think there's a lot of ways to do it, but one way that I was sharing on Sunday is I do a lot of prison ministry. Mm-hmm. And so you meet a lot of guys in prison who think, I, I'm being punished. Um, 
and they are. Yeah. I mean, they're they're in prison because of a choice or a decision or an action that they did, but they feel like God is punishing them. And so when we go in in ministry and we say, no, God's not punishing you. God loves you. God's forgiving you. And and really convince that, convince them of that in really cool ways. Mm-hmm. They just open up their hearts and and shed tears and realize that they've had it wrong for all this time. Um, I think sometimes, um, well, and to stay with that, I was sharing with a, a story on Sunday. There was a guy that I met this last time. Mm-hmm. And he was in a horrible place, middle of gang, a lot of drug use, and his cousin uh, had been killed, the good cousin, the mm-hmm. one that never got involved in anything. And he was like, why is why him? Why not me? I mean, yeah. I'm the logical person to be dead mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. And so he said he mixed up a lethal dose of his drug of choice and injected himself and nothing. Mm-hmm. He felt nothing. So he took another hit mm-hmm. and he still felt nothing. He said in that moment, he fell on his knees and he just said to God, you know, God, whatever you have to do to take this addiction away from me and to change me. And I laughed at him when he said that because I'm like, oh, that's one of the dangerous prayers you ever pray. Right. And um, and he said, sure enough, he went out that afternoon and he got picked up on some yeah. little petty charge. Uh, which ended up landing him in prison. But he looked me in the eyes and said, Chris, I'm alive today because I'm in prison. Yeah. Now what he had, what Marlon had done over those years is he had moved from a place of God's getting me, God's punishing me Mm -hmm. to seeing that God had even used that moment to bring him to a place where he could see God's involvement. And I think for us, a lot of times, if we do take that step back that you are talking about, mm-hmm. to, to look at, you know, what might have happened? Yeah. You know, how much worse could it have been? Mm-hmm. Um, or what am I dealing with? And what is the person next to me dealing with? Um, where, are, where are the small celebrations of victory? What did go right? Instead of just dwelling on what went wrong, what did go right? Yeah. Um, and I think sometimes it's that shifting of perspective a little bit that helps us to see, oh, wow, God really has been in the middle of all of this. Yeah, his hand was there the whole time. Absolutely. Yeah. I want to talk about those names, the Joseph's son's names uh-huh. again, because I know we, we hit on them last week with, with John Wayne, but I don't remember, and this could be my bad, um, but we were talking earlier about the actual definitions, the yeah, meaning yeah. of those Hebrew uh-huh. names, and I want I would like, you know, talk, let's talk about that again. Well, and one of the cool things is, you know, we see here in Scripture that uh, Joseph is fully immersed in the Egyptian world. Oh, absolutely, right? Yeah. And yet he still names his sons Hebrew names. Mm-hmm. The first one he names Manasseh, which means forget. Mm-hmm. Um, because here's what it says in Scripture. Because God has made me forget all my trouble and all my father's household. And then the second son he names Ephraim, which means twice fruitful. Mm-hmm. Because he says, it's because God has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. God has made me successful. God has made me not just survive, but thrive in a hostile environment. Yeah. And so he captures that in the names of his sons, which tells me that he's got pretty good insight into what God's doing in his life. Yeah, that's great. Um, you also, uh, as we were kind of talking before uh, we started recording, you were talking about um, the difference between mercy 
and grace. Mm-hmm. And uh, I loved how, you know, obviously we talked, you, you, I want you to tell your definition, but how one of them, you know, is the devote, um, applies directly to Joseph's brothers. You know, they think, oh, this is happening to me um, for what I've done wrong, you know. Right. But, well, and not only the brothers, but the dad, too. The dad, right. Uh-huh. Um, Jacob, I mean, when they come, when they come back from Egypt the first time, I mean, the dad is just, you know, here, here is words uh, here towards the end of verse four, of chapter 42. Um, when they and their father saw the money pouches, um, because uh, what Joseph had done is when they had paid for the grain mm-hmm. that they received in Egypt, he'd slipped their money back into the bags yeah. as a way to give them their money back. Yeah. Um, there, but when they saw the money pouches, they're frightened. And their father Jacob says to them, you've deprived me of my children, still speaking to 10 brothers. Joseph <laughs> is no more, Simeon is no more, and now you want to take Benjamin. Everything is against me. I mean, the father's a place of despair. Yeah. And this father Jacob that used to be so close to God because of his loss of Joseph and Rachel mm-hmm. and the potential loss of, he's in such despair and grief that, I mean, the world's against him. Yeah. Everything God's against him, and so um, and so out of this place, this place where they just feel like even God's against them and God's taking it out on them, um, they have to go back into this environment, and and so Jacob says, "Look, you got to go. If you got to go back, you got to go back. It's kind of this res." kind of just okay this we don't have any choice yeah we're <laughs> you got to go back or we're, we're going to die yes yes um so take twice everything mm-hmm. try to make it good with this guy and then he throws in this little bitty prayer um and says it's in verse 14 of chapter 43 may god almighty grant you mercy before the man so that he will let your other brother and benjamin come back with you that word mercy in there that you were asking about, mm-hmm. mercy means um, that you don't get what you deserve. You don't get what you deserve. Right. So what he's saying here is what you deserve is for God to just take another pound of flesh out of you. <laughs> yeah. And he doesn't even know about the fact that they sold Joseph off. Mm-hmm. If he knew that, now the brothers are thinking, this is what we deserve. This is the comeuppance time. I mean, yeah. we're finally getting what we deserve for doing that to Joseph 13 years ago. Yeah, it's very much their realization of what they've done. Again, like, because I was just thinking that same thing. You know, Jacob has no clue ultimately. How, I mean, he knows what all the things he's done wrong, as we've learned through this whole story. Jacob hasn't been, isn't scot free and all this all mm-hmm. either. But they know what they've done. They're living with that guilt. They have not forgotten it. <laughs> How right. could you, right? They haven't named anybody Manasseh. <laughs> they should have. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, they're definitely, I, I think a lot of this mercy is self-reflected uh, back. They're like, oh, yeah, we, we deserve this, you know. And so just to say the prayer, would God grant you mercy mm-hmm. is a little prayer to say, would you not get what you deserve? <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yeah. That's a great interpretation of that. And, and of course, the flip of that that you also asked about mm-hmm. is that we have a God of grace, not just God of mercy that we don't get what we deserve, but a God of grace 
who gives us things we don't deserve. Mm -hmm. So in many ways, Joseph putting the silver back in the bag was an act of grace. Yeah. They didn't deserve to have that money back. Mm -hmm. And yet he slipped it in there because he knows financially that's going to help his family. Um, And so that act of grace, that act of giving them something, not only that they didn't get chunked into a cistern and sold into slavery (laughs) that they feel that they deserved. They're also receiving the silver back. And we've got this God that's embodied in that action um, of Joseph in a cool way. Because we have a God who's all the time saying, you know, you're messing up, you're doing this. Mm -hmm. I'm still going to keep loving you. I'm going to still keep pouring grace into your life. So I'm I'm thinking, how can we how can we put this these prayers of mercy and prayers of grace into our own lives? So I th- I think there are definitely different times in our lives when we need different things. I mean, I think there are times in our life where we just feel we've messed up so bad. Please, mm-hmm. please God, don't don't give me what I deserve. I'm so aware of what I deserve. Mm-hmm. I'm so aware of how messed up I've, I've become and how messed up I've done. And really what I deserve is death. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that sometimes out of, out of that place of desperation, sometimes our prayers are mercy, God, mm-hmm. mercy. You know, but I think and going back to your question a minute ago about where do we see uh, God in a different way? Mm-hmm. I think sometimes as we're crying out for mercy and receiving mercy, we also gain a perspective of, wait a minute, I didn't deserve this. Mm-hmm. I don't. These guys, when I go to Kairos, yeah. I mean, these guys are blown away when we tell them how much God loves them. I walked death row Jason I looked men in the eye who are on death row waiting to be executed in the state of Texas Mm. however you feel about that Mm. looking them in the eye and saying God loves you right now and watching tears run down their cheeks and for them to say God bless you too I mean they're not going to receive mercy from the state right they're going to get what they deserve. Mm-hmm. But the grace of God being poured out on them in forgiveness and love, even in that place, is life-changing. Yeah. I mean, God sent you guys, your Kairos teams, to them yeah. to give them that news. Yeah. Whereas other, otherwise, they wouldn't have heard it. Yeah. Right? I mean, in our in our Wesley tradition, we call that a means of grace. Yeah. So we're like, we're a means <laughs> um, a way yeah. that God brings His grace into that picture. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, in some ways, right now, that's what Joseph's becoming. Yeah. Um, because where the story's going to end, spoiler alert, uh, is all the family's going to be taken care of eventually, mm-hmm. um, because God's using Joseph as a means to offer grace to his family. Mm -hmm. They just haven't gotten there yet. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. So we definitely have a few more weeks uh, in this story. Yes, we do. Um, 
how can you give us uh, i like a little tease of where we're gonna go next week can you do you have any insight into where this uh next sermon's gonna well they're not back in in egypt yet for round two okay so next week we're going to be dealing with what happens when they encounter joseph again okay um and how joseph responds to them this time and how that all kind of plays out you know what's what's going to be the big reveal or is he going to keep it a secret Mm -hmm. you know got to stay tuned and hear where that goes that's awesome i already like how he said why are you guys still here i don't go (laughs) seriously just get out go take and they're like oh you meant seriously i didn't know you're you really wanted us to go to Egypt again. All right. Well, Chris, I um, mean, I really appreciate uh, this time with you today. Yeah, me too. And uh, this was really great. So we're going to we're gonna do it again really soon. Cool. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. Do you have anything? Oh, we wanted to talk about the... Uh, yeah. So we were going to just mention really quickly um, yes. a little bit of the work that we've been doing uh, between uh, website and 515 podcasts and devotionals. Um, they're all kind of pretty, pretty good in sync right now. Mm-hmm. That was really bad grammar. I know pretty well in sync, <laughs> I guess probably better, but the, the devotionals are dealing with these things just like we're doing on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got sermons that are up every week. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's all running really well. Uh, one of the things I love about the sermon is you can actually hear two different preachers, yeah, you know, talking about, and sometimes they're really different, you know, what they focus <laughs> yep. on and sometimes there's a lot of similarity, but that's kind of cool to hear even two different perspectives and interpretations. Um, But so it's an opportunity for people to not only engage with the podcast, but also to go on the website too and find even a little more to chew on through Mm -hmm. devotionals and stuff we got going there. That's great. So yeah, definitely uh, go check out kingwoodumc.org. Yep. Um, You can find the devotionals and the link to all the different audio that we have available. Absolutely. And uh, hopefully in the future, we'll have some video to go with it. Yeah. We'll see. Heading that direction. We're we're working on it. Spoiler alert again. Yeah. We've (laughs) talked about that. John Wayne's like, you're going to do this. I'm like, I'm what? (laughs) So yeah, we're working on that. So, um, okay. So thanks again, everyone for downloading and listening and uh, sharing with friends. And and we definitely uh, love getting your feedback when, uh, if you get something uh, good, meaningful out of this. Uh, We appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Jason.